0: The former Fiji Prime Minister and People's Alliance Party leader, Sitiveni Rambuka, is on the campaign trail in New Zealand. Despite the drama with Sodelipa, which led to the formation of his new party, Rambuka is still touted as the strongest opposition candidate to take on Frank Bainimarama's Fiji First. Rambuka and his deputy Linda Tabuya arrived in the country on Thursday and are being hosted by the Fijian community in Auckland this weekend. He spoke to RNZ Pacific senior journalist, Kuroi Hawkins, who started out by asking him about his visit to New Zealand.
1: Thank you very much. If you uh, understand, Kuroi, we are moving towards general, uh, general elections. We are still hoping at the moment for a date to be announced pretty soon, but uh, we can work out the uh, likelihoods and there is a budget coming up. And the only time when all the polling stations uh, will be free would be school holidays and uh, one after the budget would be in December. So we're looking at December. They could make it at any time and just tell the schools don't come to school. And I'm here to talk to the supporters who are here. We do not have a branch in New Zealand. So most of our supporters here have not formed themselves into a a branch or to, into a chapter. And I'm just out to, uh, uh, to talk to them. They've been very supportive uh, on this journey. And that's why I'm here.
0: And and it's an interesting sort of, we've seen also in Samoa with Fiamme uh, reaching out to the diaspora again here with the Fiji election. Why is it important to to be talking to people outside of Fiji that aren't living in Fiji for elections nowadays?
1: It's very important to speak to the diaspora because uh, some of them may not vote. Uh, Some of them are now citizens and uh, may not vote, but they have relatives in Fiji and politics will affect their relatives. And it's good for them to know how things are and how things could turn out if we do not have the change that we advocate.
0: In the case of, of, um, again, um, with Fiamme, there was also a fundraising aspect to to overseas um, election um, campaigning. Is that the case here as well? That
1: is also the case. Uh, You know that uh, Fiji is is feeling the uh, impacts of... uh, COVID-19 economic effect and also the uh, the rising uh, food prices and the reduction of employment opportunities, hours at work and uh, things like that. That has uh, reduced our income earning capacities and so many of us have been relying on uh, uh, government handouts which is not healthy for a nation. And we would like to encourage people to find out their own Uh, alternative uh, methods of uh, coping with the crises that we are now facing health and uh, economic and also to communicate those back to those at home They are also here to thank the people for the remittances 1.5 billion dollars came into Fiji over the last two years and a lot of that came from uh, New Zealand Australia and America we're very grateful to the three governments of the United States of Australia and New Zealand for hosting the diaspora.
0: One of your strongest campaign messages uh, has been about poverty. Uh, estimates around almost 50% of Fijians now um, are living in hardship. How do you propose uh, to deliver on this promise?
1: Those are universal meters that are applied. And uh, for Fiji, it, it can be effectively much lower if we were to revert to our own traditional and customary ways of, uh, of living. Uh, unfortunately, many of the formerly rural dwellers have moved to the urban centers where you must be earning to be able to maintain a respectable and acceptable way of life and living standards and so on. Uh, those uh, surveys and uh, the questions were put out to mostly those in the uh, informal settlement areas where the figures are very high. And it's true, They, according to universal uh, meters and uh, measures, yes, we are going through very difficult times. And the only way to do that is to increase, give them opportunities to, to earn more. Uh, those that are living in the villages now can earn a lot more. Somebody sent out a, a message this morning, calculating the income per ton of cassava and dalo. It's uh, way, way, way more than what we get from sugar in the international market.
0: That that ties into th- this pandemic has really exposed how dependent Fiji is on tourism. This really hit Fiji hard. What is your economic vision for Fiji?
1: We just don't want to be relying totally on one cow uh, providing the milk. We'll need to be looking at other areas. We have to diversify our economy to be able to uh, weather These uh, economic storms when they come Because we we cannot foresee them But what we can do is have something that can weather whatever happens uh, Whether it's uh, straightforward health Or effects of wars and uh, crises in other parts of the world Uh, Agriculture and fisheries and forests When you talk about these things uh, It also reminds us of our responsibilities towards uh, climate change and we have to have sustainable policies to make sure these areas we want to diversify into do not unfairly hurt the areas that we are trying to uh, save and uh, sustainably use when we consider climate change.
0: Talking about agriculture, the 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 go-to seems to be always been import substitution, yeah, and and uh, the attempts to to do that so far have been and even 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 sort of downstream processing also seems problematic. Are, are there any specific ways you see forward for agriculture other than the things that have been tried not just in Fiji but around the region that are, are not really taking a hold in 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 a lot of pacific countries?
1: I think with the uh, the choices we have uh, we have made there is a big opportunity for us to go into downstream processing of our agricultural produce and uh, use those to uh, substitute for the imports that we get. And you look at the impact of the, on the grain market in the world of the Russo-Ukrainian war, what else can we have that uh, in Fiji now or in other countries that can substitute the uh, grain input into the diets? So Those are the things that we need, really need to be doing now. There has been a lot of research done at the Coronavir Research Station, and they're lying there in files stored away in their libraries and, uh, and the archives. We need to just go back to those and uh, see what uh, has been done. A very interesting story about the uh, former, the late president, Ratu Sir Penang Enlau. He went to the Indo- Indonesia, and he found a very big coconut. And he wanted to bring that back as he take to come and plant in in Fiji, and the people were so embarrassed to tell him that this thing was a result of a research carried out in Fiji <laughs>
0: um another another big um issue is education. We've heard a lot about um student loans um you have said uh about talked about converting student loans to scholarships and 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 forgiving student debt. Can maybe speak a little bit more about that, that promise, what, what exactly is that?
1: Well, we would like to uh, go back to the uh, scholarships con- uh, concept, uh, enhance the education opportunities for those that are, that are capable of furthering the education, and also uh, branching out or branching back into what has been dormant for some time now, that's uh, TIBET, Technical and uh, Vocational Education and Training. Those are the things that we really need to be doing. Uh, lately, there have been movement, labor movement from Fiji to Australia and New Zealand for basic agricultural processes of uh, just picking up nuts and fruits and uh, roots. Those people who are coming out are capable of moving on in education to being engineers and carpenters and block players. And if they had the opportunity to further, to go along those streams in uh, in the education system, and there is no need for them to be paying. The, the government really should be taking over those things as we uh, did in the past. Uh, we cannot all be lawyers and accountants and uh, auditors and so on, and doctors and pilots, but there's, there's so many. The bigger portion of the workforce goes into the practical uh, work that is done daily.
0: W- would your, Just going back to the, the current debt that is there, would your policy be to... F- to forgive that debt or would you still be looking at a way to recover it? That would
1: be part of our manifesto and we are not allowed to uh, announce those areas of our manifesto without uh, giving the uh, financial and budgetary impacts of those.
0: I guess that ties into my next question, which is you would be inheriting, if you did become Prime Minister, you'd be inheriting a country with the highest debt-to-GDP ratio that Fiji has ever seen is, is what the experts are saying. And I guess what would be your thoughts coming into that kind of a, a problematic situation? Uh, what would be your first steps? I guess is my question.
1: We will have to find out how much is owed at the moment. And if we were to forgive, uh, forgive that, what does forgiving that means? It means you forego your revenue that you are going to get from these students who are already qualified to do work. And, uh, and for them, it means uh, getting reduced salaries when they start working so that they can pay off their loans. Uh, we have to look at the, all the all the combinations that are and find out which is the most or the least painful way of doing it. It's not their fault. It's uh, what uh, the new government will inherit from the predecessors. And uh, we'll just have to, you know, everybody will have to be called upon to tighten their belt. Uh, understand the situation we're in, everybody carrying a very, very high per capita burden uh, of the national debt, and uh, tell them just how it is. Mm-mm. This is where we are. Mm-hmm. This is how we have to get out of it, and everybody needs to work together. That's why we need a very popular government, and uh, that is why all the political parties are working very hard to get that support from the people.
0: I'll use that to, to turn to the politics now. And In 2018, you came within a millimetre of that finish line, really close. Um, since then, a lot has changed. You ran with Sudelpa at the time. You've now formed your own party. How confident are you about this election race, given all those changes, and, and why?
1: I think I'm confident because there is a universal cry in Fiji for change. And uh, the people are now looking for the best their best options on who is to bring the change and uh, what sort of combinations, who are the people... Behind the brand uh, and uh, people who have with uh, with records uh, in the private sector uh, also in politics and uh, in the public sector people who are who are determined to stay on in Fiji and do what needs to be done there are so many overseas now who uh, who love Fiji so much so many of the people who could have been here I mean who could have been there in Fiji with us running this campaign in order to create a better Fiji, who overseas, they have not been able to come freely back. And uh, with those in mind, we are determined to be the change and bring that change.
0: Looking at your own political journey, um, started uh, very strongly pro-Indo-Fijian focus. Um, even with your evolution to your current standing, there are some non-Indigenous Fijian voters who are uh, unsure what their future would look like with you as Prime Minister What is your message to to these people about what what will Fiji be like for them under your prime ministership?
1: Well, it's like uh, you saw the cover of the book. Now you're reading the book. I have a dream of of what the Pope saw when he came to Fiji, Uh, the way the world should be, a multiracial, vibrant society uh, where everybody is welcome, where everybody is contributing, where everybody is... uh, going about their own thing and uh, probably even unknowingly contributing to a very vibrant economy that will grow and grow and grow so that we are equal partners in the region with uh, Australia and New Zealand and a very significant part of the global economy.
0: Just just backtracking to some election promise again, uh, I forgot to cover, you said one of the promises was to reform the Fiji police force. Is that Am I correct in saying that was one of the things that we've we've heard you talking about in, in, in some of your, of improving the Fiji police force. There's been a, a documented history of problems within the force. Um, how would you plan to achieve that? Just bring
1: back uh, the police uh, in Fiji to be the professional body of law enforcement agencies that uh, they, were, they had been in the past. Uh, we have the capacity, we have the people, we have the natural attributes to be good policemen and women. Uh, get them back to that and uh, avoid the the uh, influence of uh, really uh, the policing in non-democratic societies. The baton charge in every situation, you know, that's putting it in an extreme term. But that is the sort of thing that we are beginning to see. And uh, we have to uh, reconsider where we send our police officers for training. They must be trained in... Regimes in uh, cities, and, I mean, in countries and governments where we share the same values about law and order, about uh, respecting the rights of the citizens, having freedoms. Nobody is punished until they've been through the whole uh, judicial system. No, you cannot punish somebody when you're arresting them. Yeah. That is the duty of the uh,
0: I might dwell on this a little bit because it's a, it, it's an a area of interest for me with my um, history in Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea's police force also has a lot of uh, problems with it. it. There's a there's almost a culture which is quite difficult. There's been a lot of work to try and improve things in policing in the Pacific, but there's a, there's a culture that sort of persists. Um, that there's that this history of sort of brutality and just a us and them kind of a mentality is is there. Uh, that that difficulty is what I'm trying to tease out. Is like how would we get past that in our policing?
1: We're still coming out of that culture. That was our native culture. We still have to get out, get away, get away from that into modern policing. And you look at the way the uh, tribal rules were carried out. Somebody offended the tribal laws. Tribal chiefs. One solution: the club. We have to get away from that. And when we don't concentrate on moving forward, we very easily fall back.
0: Finally from me, um if you were to form a coalition with the NFP, what we what are going
1: to form a coalition with you.
0: What is that what NFP. is that going to look like in terms of how you, you A two party
1: government. Two go, two parties forming a government. The Prime Minister is free to pick his ministers from both parties, and the best qualified will be picked.